are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Keeping it locked on Wildcats and happy Thursday to everyone out there. I'm your host, Mike Luke, joined by the great one, Mr. William Brad Alice. William, we wanted to have you on on pretty much a weekly basis. And thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats and hopping back in, buddy. Well, not quite weekly, but we'll we'll make it work. For sure. So, you know, you've had some movements right here with U of A basketball. A lot of people are upset that Tommy Lloyd has missed out on some of the uh, on some of the recruits that he's gotten at this point. And my entire viewpoint of this is that it's very difficult to sit here and tell somebody that, you know what, you're not going to be able to recruit because you've been on the job for 30 days. And oh, by the way, yes, you got Dylan Anderson, but at the same time, you struck out on Arthur Kaluma or Ty Ty Washington. I don't really take much from losing a kid out in 30 days there, Brad. No, and if you look at it, he's brought in a couple of transfers. He's brought in uh, Adama Ball. And I keep seeing people, well, Sean Miller got the USC kids. Those were essentially transfers. I mean, they weren't, but they were. I mean, two of them were signed uh, with USC. Solomon Hill was a guy who was always going to go back to Arizona if the situation was good. But he also, during that time, did strike out on some five-star kids. Um, there was the Lamb kid, I think, who went ended up at, at Kentucky. There was another guard who ended up at uh, Kansas. There were the, the two guys, uh, McCollum and, and the other kid who ended up playing for their fathers at mid-majors. So he was missing. Now, the difference was those guys were for the next year. They weren't late uh, December guys, but there was the big man who would have gone, I think, to South Florida, chose that over Arizona. Yes, he was able to get uh, some guys who on paper were pretty good, but one of those was Creole Natiasco. Uh, the other was Caravan Param, who was a very nice player for four years, uh, but probably wouldn't have been recruited two years later. So I think there was actually some ver- some more similarities to what Lloyd and Miller did in their first year than there are differences. Uh, I'm not sure if there was a Ty Ty Washington or an Arthur Kaluma uh, that first year for Miller, he would have landed him because he did strike out on a few guys. You know, the guys he got were either already his guys, the, the two Xavier guys, were already an Arizona guy in Solomon Hill or just kind of lucked into the situation. And I think uh, Solomon Hill probably uh, greased the skids for that one getting you know, Momo and, and uh, Derek Williams to come to Arizona. Yeah, and that's what I really look at. And we will know more about Tommy Lloyd's recruiting when we get further into the when we get further into him being able to make and build relationships. Right now, we're at a spot where you can't make and build relationships in 30 days. Now, you can tell somebody that, hey, I think you'd be a good fit here. But at the end of the day, Brad, you're not going to be able to tell somebody that, you need to trust me with your kid. You need to trust me with everything because that's just not how things work in a one-month period. Look, if he had landed one of those two kids, those would have been home runs. And that would have made, I think, everyone feel even better about a hire that I think people are starting to come around on. But the fact that you lose them should not be an indictment on Tommy Lloyd because in reality, he wasn't recruiting either kid heavily, if at all, to Gonzaga. Ty Ty Washington had some ties to uh, the Miller staff and certainly with with a couple holdovers there. Kaluma was kind of a last-ditched effort 
uh, that Arizona made and the fact that he's been playing in state. Let's not confuse. He's not an in-state kid. He's playing in state right now. Uh, was a chance, and the fact that they made the final three shows that they made up a lot of ground. Uh, yeah, losing to Creighton is, is kind of tough, especially with Creighton having the controversy uh, of late. The fact that I think they've sold him on being a three when he's obviously a four or mostly a four. But losing Ty Ty Washington, the only the only shame in losing Washington to Kentucky is the fact that Kentucky has about four or five guys who might be able to play the point. Arizona has one and a half. Right. And I talk about it, though, with people all the time. People also need to remember that recruiting like Sean Miller, however you think, I don't know is necessarily realistic for the next coach because Sean Miller recruited at a level unlike anybody in the country outside of John Calipari and Mike Krzyzewski. I mean, just going from a raw star data standpoint, Lute Olson never got the kind of players year in and year out and had top five classes year in and year out the way that Sean Miller did. And when Luke did kind of at the end of mid period end of his career, they, they didn't live up to the hype. Um, you know, his best class was the Walton Anderson Woods transfer class, uh, Michael Wright, you know, that, that group. And, and really in that bunch, that would have been considered a, a bunch of four stars and, and maybe a five star in Richard Jefferson. Uh, so Luke was an evaluator. Lloyd's reputation is as an evaluator and a developer of talent. And I think what we have seen is if you can't get the five stars who play your system, it's awfully hard to consistently win championships uh, running out one and done. I mean, look at, you know, look at Calipari. He has one title at Kentucky with all that talent. Um, You know, Krzyzewski has a couple in this era, but his best teams have the upperclassmen on it. If you really want the model, look at, Look at Villanova of late. Look at Gonzaga of late. Even Baylor, that team had had upperclassmen on it this year. That's really the way to build it is to be able to mix in, yes, one or two guys. You know, uh, Gonzaga had their point guard this year, the one-and-done kid. But most of those guys are upper upperclassmen that happen to develop into NBA-type players. You know, Kispert will get drafted. No one would have said that three years ago. Drew Timmy is going to get drafted whenever he comes out. Uh, but no one, I think, would have said that. And he was a high recruit, but he wasn't an NBA-type four-star recruit. And I think that's what Lloyd's going to have to bring to Arizona uh, because I think that's what's going to work moving on. And if this G League Ignite continues uh, to to bring in kids, and if we see the NBA bend their rules, then you're going to have to do that anyways. Uh, so you might as well get in the ground floor well, because if you really take out that three-year period where Miller not only had the five stars, but they were the five stars who fit his system, you know, he had a good run, but not the great run that I think we think Arizona should have. Brad, right now, if Arizona is able to get a better point guard eh, or maybe at least just add to the point guard situation, where does this team feel to you right now? Does this feel like a top 25 team? Where would you put that? Yeah, I think they they feel like a team that, that is top 25. Uh, I think I think if they don't do much to the roster now, they're the third best team in the Pac-12. Um, you know, you really look at it. Oregon seems to be bringing in their annual revamp of the roster. UCLA held on to basically everyone but but Juzang, and they had a nice recruiting class. I think they also got the what the transfer from Rutgers. But Arizona looks solid on paper, and the rest of the league did drop a little bit. You know, Stanford lost some key pieces. ASU is a a brand new ball club, though talented. Um, you know, Washington seems to be mining the rest of the Pac-12 for 
for for third tier guards. So I think Arizona looks pretty good. And again, if they can get a starting point guard who can then slide Creasa over to the uh, the two and then kind of bump everyone back a slot, um, where you you know where you got a Pella Larson not starting or not competing for a starting job, but competing as a as a shooter off the bench, then yeah, I think Arizona's a, a top twenty five caliber team. And then it you know, means get into the tournament and get the and get the right bracket, and it could be a fun a fun little run. Or uh, at the very least, it's a talented team. I think they probably need another big. Um, you'd know better than I whether you know there's any chance of pulling someone back in the portal from there. But uh, right now, they they seem a little thin at the big spot and a little thin at the point guard spot. But other than that, you know, how many teams would like to have two wings like Dallin Terry and, and Ben Mathurin? How, how many people would like to have a, a shooter like Pella Larson coming off the bench? How many people would like to have a Kirk Creasa, a front line with those three kids? Uh, it's a pretty nice roster they inherited. Certainly better than the roster that Sean Miller inherited. The great thing about uh, being uh, and working out and uh, everything that Brad and I do is that, you know what? You want to have some good protein at the end of that workout. And Built Bar is really where you can consume the best protein known to man. And you know what? I have a friend that started to try it, uh, Mr. John Schuster, a guy that we both know who... He's not going to work out, but he is going to consume a built bar and he's going to feel okay about it. And you know what? He's on it. I'm on it. We're going to try to get uh, Williams some as well. And again, we're uh, we're kind of novice in this, but the one thing about built bar is that built bar tastes good. Keep it locked on, Wildcats. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. Show's brought to you by BetOnline.ag. All right, William. Moving over to U of A football a little bit, uh, you lost the kid, Treshawn Hayward, uh, transfer, obviously, out of the MAC. When you saw that, what were your initial impressions? Because mine were twofold. First of all, I was a little surprised that he came here in the first place with his resume. Second, it was kind of, well, barely knew you type situation. Yeah, I think it certainly looks like a blow. Uh, you know, I don't know all the details about what happened. It sounds like it was something maybe not football related. I know he deleted a bunch of social media. Um, Arizona also seemed to be prepared for it because they, they kept adding transfer linebackers. And I, that was curious enough to me, you know, when they brought in uh, Hayward and they brought in Roberts, you're like, okay. And then, and then they brought in uh, the Phoenix kid who was at Wisconsin. And then you're bringing in the Vandy kid and you're like, okay, but obviously in losing, I think Hayward's the most talented of those three, but I think when you take those three, you add a Pandy, you add some of the other young guys, to me, really, on the defense, I think linebacker seems to be the most solid position. So while you'd love to have a kid like that, um, it you know it's, it's reminiscent. I guess, was it Rich Rod's first year? They got the kid, the transfer from the Mac, and he didn't end up showing up either. He retired from football. So uh, that's just how it works. Okay, now, what are realistic expectations for this team? Because I look across the board, and I went to a couple spring practices, and Brad, there's just not a ton of talent on this roster to begin with. And everybody likes the coach that's, you know, that's feeling good about himself. It's optimistic. But people are also going to get tired really quickly if you're losing games. You know, I think the big question right now is who's the quarterback and what can you get out of the quarterback? To me, it looked like it was uh, clearly Gunnar Cruz is the best quarterback on the roster. And that's not saying much. We'll see how McLeod looks with the the transfer uh, when he comes in. I think there's a realistic possibility uh, he can he can win that job. To me, it's how quick can you get out? Um, while you have a, a reasonably difficult uh, non-conference schedule with some traditionally solid programs, we just don't know what BYU or San Diego State is going to be. So if you can somehow sneak out two 
wins out of that group along with NAU as well, suddenly you're interesting because, you know, you have some okay teams, but, again, not great teams early on. Do I expect this team to be a bowl team? No. I think the over and under probably should be somewhere around two and a half. But if you could somehow jump out 3-0, and steal two games from a UCLA or a Colorado, uh, then I think you're feeling fantastic about the future. What I really want to see is I want to see a season like Mike Stoops' first year where they steal a couple wins they shouldn't have stolen. They're in most of the games. If you remember that, you're really the only team that beat them up. I think it was Cal, who was a top 20 team, and USC, who was a generational team. And even that USC team, I think they had to go like 80 yards plus on all their drives only scored eight times. But that's what I want to see. I just want to see rank improvement. I want to see that these guys are getting more out of the talent or what little talent is there and that there's hope for the future. Because if you're expecting this team to win six, seven, eight games this year, you're foolish. Um, If you can get out of there with two or three wins and look good in four others and not get blown out, I mean, this is a team that gave up 70 in their last game, uh, then I'm going to feel good about what this staff can do. To me, this is a season of moral victories, as much as people hate to hear it. But that's what this year is for this team. Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head. I'm totally cool with Mike Stoops' first year because Mike Stoops' first year, it seemed like, was that the Gilbert Harris fumble against Wisconsin game? Uh, against Washington State. Or Washington State. field goal against Wisconsin when the hurricane hit at halftime uh, and you had a bad penalty on that drive that probably cost Arizona the win. Uh, I want to say that was the year they gave Alex Smith and the and, and the Utah all they could handle. That might have been the next year. But that year, they played, again, everyone but Cal, and they went into the Cal game. Richard Kovalchuk was the starter. And then Danny Bogger was the MVP of that USC game, which was bizarre because USC dominated them, but Arizona made them work for every score, and that was a quick strike uh, USC team. That was a very quick strike, to put it mildly, USC team. Now, I, when I look at this team, especially on the offensive side of the ball, everybody knows that it always comes down to the quarterback, Brad. And you know what? Generally, uh, the best teams, they have a good quarterback. I don't know that that quarterback is on the roster. I think that you look at it, and it's probably going to be the kid from Servite coming in next year. This very much has the feel of a placeholder type, Richard Kovalchek, Chris Hevener type year before Willie Tuitama hits campus. Yeah, I would agree with you. Again, Gunnar Cruz looks okay. Uh, he's big. He moves well. He throws a decent ball. And I saw, you know, what, he go five or seven in that scrimmage, and I wasn't super impressed. But he was better than the other two guys, other three guys. Uh, Plummer, Plummer did not look good in the scrimmage. Uh, the the legend that his Kevin Doyle was a guy who held on to the ball way too long on two of his three pass attempts, which was the knock on him, and he's out of the program. You know, Ashworth is never going to be the guy. Uh, so we, yeah, we have to, you know, we have to see what McLeod is when he comes in. I, you know, he's a mobile kid. He's more of a dual threat. But if he can pick up the system, I think he's probably the most talented. But again, he seems, yeah, he seems a little bit like the the Kovalchuk to to Cruz's Hevener. And let's hope, yeah, let's hope this guy is is the Willie Tuitama uh, coming in. And and again, the transfer portal is always something now. That is an option because these quarterbacks are not staying in place very long. So there's a very realistic possibility that you could have uh, a a freshman and a a transfer come in and be your top two guys in 2022. Yeah, I look at it, Brad, and I think that this team's probably about a two or a three win team. And I think, like you said, anything beyond that is foolish. Now, heck, if you can get into the four and five range, that's going to be that'd be awesome. But 
I don't know that anybody right there should be looking expecting that. No, I want to see them in games. That's really what I mean. That that sounds horrible, and I know people are like, well, you should you shouldn't be moral victory. No, you should be moral victory. You have a brand new coach, you have a gutted roster, you have two straight coaches who haven't recruited particularly well, and when they did bring in talented kids, they either got injured and retired or or had issues. Um, so. You're starting not quite from scratch, but pretty darn close. I mean, this is a team that's lost 12 in a row. Uh, that had that lost to their rival, what, 70 to 7. They had, what, two good games last year? Right. One good game. The USC game was pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. And talk maybe about fool's about gold. 10 minutes against Washington. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're, this is a bad football team. And again, can they coach these guys up? Maybe. Are these influx of transfers going to make them better? Yeah, but how much better? I don't know. I don't know if Jason Harris is that big of a difference maker. I don't know if Gunnar Maldonado is that big of a difference maker. They're nice. They're better than the guys they have at those places. Uh, but you've also lost a lot of guys through the through the transfer portal as well. So, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see again. To me, it's can the guys who played last year look a little bit better and can the team look a little bit better or a lot bit better and that doesn't necessarily mean wins or losses. He's Brad Alice, and I'm Mike Luke, and you've been listening to Locked On Wildcats.